Welcome to another episode of Horror Haven Podcast. I'm Erica. I'm Dylan. I'm Sierra. I'm Steve. Tonight we're going to be going over two awesome films. We're covering 1980s Motel Hell as well as 1974's Deranged. Enjoy! This is where the worst begins. This is where we must stop. For beyond is the work of madness. Death! The nightmare of insane murder and lingering death. Deranged. For Mary, it was only the beginning. For Christine, it was already too late. For Dolly, the worst was yet to come. And only Mrs. Cobb knew what he would do next. I really love you, Mary. Sometimes you don't want to believe what you see, but sometimes it's true. The story of a trail of butchery so brutal that newspapers refuse to print its horrifying details. When the horror becomes unbearable, it is too late to scream. First, we're going to start with 1974's Deranged. It was written by Alan Ormsby and directed by Alan Ormsby and Jeff Gillen. It's a very close adaption to the Ed Gein story, but with the names changed to, I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know why they protected anybody because there's so many books out about Ed Gein. <laughs> yeah. Like, I read Deranged when I was in, like, sixth grade. So, uh, the I movie... I in sixth grade. The movie follows not. Ezra Cobb, who lived with his mom, his mom died, and he picks up grave robbing. He starts he first he starts with his mom's grave, he digs up her body, brings it back home, and then he starts decides digging he needs up to fix her, so he yeah. starts digging up other people. And eventually those parts are too dead, so he dig he starts killing people. Yeah. So um the movie is very close to the actual story of Ed Gein. Um starting out Ed Gein lived with his mom. Uh in the movie it mentions that he starts to board up the rooms in the house, which was accurate. He digs up bodies just like Ed Gein does and uses their body parts for making skin suits, uh, the skin masks, and, like, uh, there's a lot of things that are very close, like, even small stuff. Like, the way that he, uh, Ezra Cobb's caught in the movie is he goes to the hardware store, he says he's going to buy some antifreeze, and he ends up shooting the girl who works at the hardware store and brings her back to his house, cuts her open while like she's hanging deer. upside down. Yeah. Um, in real life, Ed Gein was caught by... He went to a hardware store to buy antifreeze and... That's a very specific <laughs> yeah. amount of information. Well, he said he, he said he was going to buy antifreeze. Um, they found the receipt that he was the last person... Or the person who saw him yesterday remembered that he had said he was coming in to buy antifreeze. They found a receipt for antifreeze. So the cops decided to go and raid Ed Gein's farmhouse, and they went to his shed where they found the body of the girl from the hardware store decapitated, hung upside down by the feet, and gutted like a deer. So very much like this movie. So it's very close, but there are some random weird things that are changed. They never really go into decapitation. 
yeah. in this movie. I think I think that they tried to keep it a little bit tamed with that, um, which I think was successful because this movie isn't something where when I watch it, I'm like, ooh, you know. They did they did very much keep it at a at a level of acceptance where I think if they went into decapitations like the real story, it probably would have been a little bit too much for that time period. Yeah, yeah. Because Ed Gein was fucked. <laughs> uh, things too like uh ed gein in real life he did dig his mom up i believe but he didn't like dress her and keep her in her bed he knew she was dead yeah but it's it's interesting watching this movie because other movies that are inspired by ed gein like psycho texas Texas chainsaw Chainsaw massacre which came out the same year but later in the year you do see the similarities of the Mm -hmm. movies that were also based on ed gein well even silence of the lambs is loosely based on Mm -hmm. ed gein so i mean it was definitely a truer take if you would on the story which i think for this movie was really beneficial Mm -hmm. um whereas i think that texas chainsaw massacre took a concept and totally really elaborated on it exactly i wouldn't even say that it's close enough to say it's inspired by these like you know what i mean like it's not that similar they have the similarities i mean same thing with psycho there's those similarities but i think psycho though is is you can much a little bit more so than texas yeah Yeah. you can see well i mean for example in this you see uh you see psycho in the fact that you know, he's talking to his mom, he's having mm-hmm. conversations with his dead mom, and he's, like, picturing his mom telling her, like, these women are disgusting, you know, this is, what this is sin, yeah. Need, yeah, and that's, that's very similar. Mom. No, I'm kidding, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> this movie came out months before Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and you had, like, the dinner scene, for example, Yeah, and it, it was really cool to see, but it, I feel like the fact that it was so accurate to what really happened was its strength and its weakness, because... It was really strong in that it was interesting to see like a an retelling actual of this, retelling of the true stories. The pacing of the movie, I think, was it, the it biggest. It drug out a little yeah. bit. It draws it out exactly, and that was the big thing for me. Is I felt like it was a little bit slow. Um, I don't think it necessarily took away from it, but in a sense, it kind of did. Like I, I felt like it did have the the build up, like Texas Chainsaw, and I I hate comparing the two because they are such different movies, mm-hmm. but. Texas Chainsaw um, has that build-up and the execution where it keeps you kind of hooked all the way through, mm-hmm. whereas this did have some little bits of lags. I feel like they didn't create fear with the um, character Ezra. I, 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 and it's bad because he is killing people throughout this whole film. Um, but to me, he wasn't a scary character, which I guess, like, if you're following the ta- like the truth, Ed Gein was never expected. He wasn't. He didn't come off as scary. Yeah. Um, but I think when it, it when it's turned into a horror movie and it's supposed to be a horror movie, I think that you kind of have to amp up the character. Where um, if you're doing a t- true crime, you can get away with like the drama the drama aspect of it, opposed to the horror aspect of it. Um, so I think that's where it kind of lacked for me as a horror movie. That's where it kind of lacked for me a little bit too. I I think that his character. It was well developed. I don't think that it was yeah. a bad character at all. But it definitely was more of like just like creepy like pedo vibes more so than like you know like yeah but like you get like again and i hate comparing it because it's not but it's like even with like norman bates and like leatherface like they are fucking fucking scary (laughs) yeah but like norman bates is cool too like psycho develops his character to where you're like you kind of like him and then you're like Whoa, whoa, buddy, fuck you! But at the at first, you're like, oh. This movie did have its creepy parts, though. I mean, there was the part um, 
like for example, when the bar owner, I think her name was Mary, um, she goes into the house after being, you know, Edgy or sorry, Ezra disappears, and she finds all the bodies, and then you see the ones start moving, and it's him with like the skin mm-hmm. suit on. That part was fucking. Creepy. It was creepy. It and really then, was. At the end, when he's gutting the girl who worked at the mm-hmm. harbor, Sally, her name was, um, when he's gutting her, and he's like laughing and like smiling while cutting into her, it was pretty fucked. <laughs> I think the title of the movie um, was pretty spot on because that was like the only word I could really think of when describing like Urza's character was like deranged. Like, uh, you know, he just always had this like whenever he'd get like a flashback to his mom, it was like that instant trigger and this like crazy look in his eye. So I just like I don't know, for some reason, the title just really stuck with me throughout the whole movie. And like I just kept saying, I was like, wow, this. This shit is pretty fucking deranged. Like, mm-hmm. I just I thought it was a good choice of a title for the movie because that was the complete vibe that I got. And like the minute um I didn't actually know that Alan Olmsby uh, directed this until I had to look it up because I I got the Canadian vibe from it. And then when I saw Marion Waldman um who was in it and she's also in uh Bob Clark's uh Black Christmas, I was like, oh shit, this has got to be a Canadian film. And then that's when I, like, looked into it, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, what's interesting is um, Bob Clark was actually approached by Alan Ormsby to direct this, and he actually turned it down because he read the screenplay, and he's like, this is way too dark for me. <laughs> he went on to produce the movie, but he did it, like, silently. He didn't want to be... <laughs> like a name on his, it. want his name attached to it or anything. Um, but yeah, Alan Ormsby directed it he wrote it and he was the makeup department the head of the makeup department and actually interesting fact at the time tom savini was his assistant so alan ormsby wow. and tom savini both did the makeup and special effects for this movie. i love alan ormsby it's one of uh it's one of tom savini's first films that he worked on so i think yeah. another interesting choice of this movie was having the person who narrates throughout that's like walks into the scene mm-hmm. like it, it it threw me back to like um the 80s uh, like, what is it like? Or nineties? Um, what? It, oh fuck! Like beyond belief shit. Like yeah. where where it's like yeah. it like stops and he's like mysteries. yeah, and he like he like comes in and he's like he he like stops mm-hmm. for a second and he describes what's going on a little bit and then it continues. Yeah. I was like, that's a really interesting choice because I've never really seen that in a horror film before. It's funny though because a lot of people from looking into it like they didn't like that aspect of it. And I can kind I of understand... I think it does kind of take you out of it. That, and it also, like... It kind of gives it away. I mean, us going into it... I, I knew mo- most of what was going to go on because I know the story of Ed Gein. Mm-hmm. But watching it, like, he'll walk in, onto the screen and he'll be like, oh, he decided to go dig his mom up and bring her home. And then he goes and digs it. So it's like he's telling you what's about to happen. I just thought it was a quirky way of doing it. And, you yeah. know, it's kind of like um, when the town of Jedded Sundown had, like, those, like funny cop scenes Mm -hmm. to kind of give you like that calm you know like okay this is a little funny i can get over like the terror of it it was kind of like the same effect it kind of took a break from it to like calm you down and then start all over again you know which um is hit or miss for me on whether that that's a good thing i just thought that the way that they they chose to do it was very unique and i definitely appreciate uh something different that i haven't seen before yeah, that was such an Alan Olmsby move because, like, he would go on to direct, like, Porky's 2. So just to see that little, uh, almost, like, comedic relief with the reporter, it, it definitely was something I was like, okay, I could see how he, like, directed this. Yeah, speaking of comedic relief, too, like, I, f- I feel kind of, like, wrong because 
there were parts that I found myself laughing at, and it was stuff that actually happened. Like, for example, I was laughing a little bit when uh, Ezra was like, oh, this person's not dead. I have him up at my house right now. And it was like quirky and funny but in real life Ed Gein actually did joke around like oh this yeah. person's not dead they're at my house and just so it, it's you find yourself laughing at things that you probably shouldn't be laughing at but <clears throat> one of the things that I liked about doing this uh both of these movies actually is like I'm a big fan of when I find connections between like different movies especially like when they're in the same set that we're covering so i like that nancy parsons was in both of them she was also um in porky's um i think she was in porky's too also um so i thought that was really cool because it's like you watch the first movie and you have like this idea of that character and then watching that person play like another character in the same type of movie is always really interesting to me. yeah um Going back to what you were saying before, Stephen, about it being a Canadian film, um, Tom Carr, who I, I believe he produced the film, he wanted to shoot in Wisconsin where Ed Gein was from. He wanted to have it like as accurate as possible with like the the snow and like the yeah. the atmosphere of it. Um, but they knew that the town wouldn't like no town get a would lot go of backlash yeah. from it. Yeah, um, that's a lot of negative. They feedback. found they found a house to film it in, and during filming, uh, the owners of the house of uh, one of the houses they were using found out what the film was about, and they kicked them out. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. So, so they had to find a different house to use later on. Um, I don't think it was for Ed Gein's house. I think it was for the family that he hung out with. Yeah, the, the Kuntzes. Um, but. For the property that they used to make the movie, uh, they found an abandoned farmhouse that they were using, and the people who owned the farmhouse, they didn't even know that they they were, the crew was filming really? there. Yeah. That's, pretty cool. That's interesting. I do just want to point something out, because I'm just like looking at Sarah doing her thing over here, and whenever I think of Ed Gein and they point the clown mask, right, I always picture him as the clown, but if you... Wait, are you thinking of Robert Gein? No, 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 no. Um, hold on. I gotta show you this. John Wayne Gacy's the one that. That's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. I just tripped myself up. (laughs) I just think it's funny because. Wait, where's the clown mask? Yeah. Yeah, no, okay. That was was tripping me up. Um, I was on. I follow another podcast called uh, My Favorite Murder. I keep telling you guys about this. Yeah. And I literally, all day long, on like breaks and stuff if i'm not doing stuff with this i read this true crime shit and i've literally read too much (laughs) (laughs) your brain is mush no they did like an entire thread of like if they release like new makes of live action like obviously live action not a fucking cartoon but (laughs) of like uh murder movies like which mainstream actors would play the murderers and stuff and i cannot get past um Somebody made, like, a joke about Emma Watson playing fucking, um... Jeffrey Dahmer. Yes. Sierra, yeah. <laughs> going back to what you said about brains being mush, um, funny thing... <laughs> Dick. Uh, this movie came out in 1974. It was actually lost for a long time. Um, it resurfaced back in, I want to say, the 90s. And, uh, it was re-released, but there was an uncut version that wasn't released i believe until the 2000s when arrow video put it out um and the scenes that were cut originally were 
when Ed Gein, or Ed Gein, I keep saying Ed Gein, when Ezra digs up his mom and it shows like her corpse, mm-hmm. that was cut. And the part where he saws off the woman's head, the the Sunday school teacher, and like starts digging her brains out oh, with, yeah. the, with the spoon. I love that that. Was, yeah, that was cut too in the original cut. So they went and added back, that back in. And I think it's I think it's good that they added that back in because it really shows... I think those were the worst scenes. Like, like not like worst as in bad, I mean like worst as in scariest. Yeah, but it really shows too like how good the special effects were because mm-hmm. it was gross to see. And, like, it was. The, the... I would have loved if he ate the brains though. <laughs> you would. Like ice cream, like use it as an ice cream, like the skull as an ice cream bowl. Oh my God, if I was a cannibal... Well, they, they did... Um, the Sunday school teacher whose brains he scoops out, you actually see later on when he kidnaps Mary and they do the dinner scene, you see the skull with, like, biscuits in it on the table. See, I, that's exactly how I would use it. You know, I would use it as <laughs> that a That scene reminded me a lot of Silence of the Lambs, though. <clears throat> Which one? The dinner one? Mm-hmm. I haven't watched Silence of the Lambs in a long time. I used to love it a lot when I was younger. Um, all in all, I thought this movie was really fun. Um, I mean, I mean, like it was—it's slow moving. It definitely is. But I think if you have any interest in what actually happened and you don't want to actually read up like on it or yeah. watch a documentary, this is a good way to get some some factual information. Not a ton because everything's slightly changed. But um, if you are seriously interested in Ed Gein, I would highly suggest reading the book *Deviant*. Um, I read it when I was really young. My sister let me read it, and it was—it's. It, extremely interesting very information filled and uh, it also has crime scene photos that's Robert Schechter though he always no it's Harold stuff. Harold Schechter my bad yeah it's really good so read it and check it out because it was like Dylan was doing the research on it and I was like yeah I remember that from like like I recalled all the information I was thinking Robert's because I was going to bring up Robert's boss yeah the you're actor just really you're horrible Ezra. with names <laughs> um, yeah. he's way creepier looking than Ed Gein was I think yeah Robert's yeah. awesome as uh, Ezra did a really good job this was his only leading role in a film and fun fact Christopher Walken auditioned for oh my god I want to see wait hold on <laughs> I want to see, like, Christopher walking, just reading the script. Mom, I don't understand why you're mad. <laughs> I, dug up, I dug up your body. <laughs> I love you know what scene, You know what scene really made me cringe, though? When he's feeding his mom, and she's dying, and the blood is just pouring into the bowl, and he oh keeps, God, like, shoving yeah. the blood he's back just, like, like, putting it back in her mouth. Oh, yeah, oh. I agree. I was, I like, was like, ah, this fucking disgusting let her have some fucking dignity with that one please i actually watched like a making of for this movie and tom savini said that that was legit like a mixture of fake blood and pea soup and he's like i felt felt bad because i was like feeding her (laughs) we were like feeding her this fake blood and pea soup that was actually the only scene that uh she had done for the movie at like for when it shows the funeral and stuff they used the the mannequin or whatever the prop that they used for her dead body for the casket but um, yeah, one one thing I want to talk about, bringing up the casket, because it's the first time you do hear it, the music for this movie really <clears throat> took away from it for me. Yeah, it was like, it was old, like it was, old church music. It was legitimately, <laughs> it just brings me back to any time I'm in a funeral home. Yeah. Like, I literally just felt like I was in a funeral home the entire time, and it was just like, oh my fucking god, I can't even stand this for like the two hours I'm out of I think that that was a good reason, or not a good reason, but a, a good thing, like, Okay, hold on. Trip myself up here. I think that that had a lot to do yeah. with what dragged the movie out. 
um, the music. Yeah. The same yeah. song being played over and over. It was. It was. Not I think great. if they would have changed it up, it would have fit well with it. I do. But it was like very repetitive, I and it did. Know. I think it just. I what think was it just the budget the on this film? Does anybody it's know two hundred thousand? Okay, so is which that is very. It's a very low budget okay. for a movie. Yeah. So I was gonna say it's a. It did feel like a low budget film, and and that's fine. I like low budget films, <laughs> but I noticed with like when they have the funeral scene where they're at like I'm assuming at a funeral home or everything's whatever. blacked out everything's it. blacked mm-hmm. out it literally looks like somebody took like backdrop curtains, curtains and just hung and them hung up, them up. Mm-hmm. and then like the casket didn't even look like a real casket to me it just looked like somebody took like plywood <laughs> and like maybe stained it so yeah, it was no, darker it was, it was like, a very... or like that the the cheap fake wood that you have on like cheap tv stands yeah, that you could the peel paper. off you could like peel <laughs> off the yeah that's what it looked like like that really what is it called particle board the particle, particle board. board it looked like a particle board coffin so if i ever die <laughs> that's my dream um you know it was really low budget i think what attributed most to like the pacing for me was see certain scenes especially towards the beginning i feel like it was mostly towards the beginning were really drawn out like the scene where he's talking to his mom is like a 6 minute scene yeah and then like it it got to the point like I felt like I was watching this movie for like an hour and I checked and it was on for like twenty minutes and I was like, mm-hmm. Fuck <laughs> But once it actually kicks off into him like <clears throat> like killing people, like when he It's like a really slow progression though, because he like literally he goes from like not doing anything for a year yeah. and then he's like, you know what? In real life it was like I've been years. waiting yeah. f- I'm waiting for mom. I'm sick of waiting for her, I'm gonna go dig her up. And he digs her up, he brings her home, and he treats her like she's alive. And then from there, he just robs graves for a while. It doesn't go into murder right away. So it it, it definitely is like a... You can, like, see... The timeline. Which is why... It's I, very slow. Which is why I said before that I feel like it was... The fact that it was so accurate was its strength and its weakness. Because yeah. mm-hmm. when you have these exaggerated stories of it, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, for example, you don't have to show them robbing graves even though it's mentioned in the beginning of the movie that they were robbing graves it's just you don't have to show that that's just like a a small plot point in the beginning but that's a huge plot point of what ed geek actually did exactly and then like psycho for example like you have an exaggerated version of this to where it's it doesn't have all the boring details it's just straight straight in yeah. yeah did uh anyone call sally falling into the trap as uh Oh, it was so easy to predict. Yeah, I was like, yo, I bet she's going to somehow fall into that uh, rabbit trap or whatever. Yeah, I was kind of like, I was kind of like thinking though, because I was like, you know, it could be her or it could be Ezra. It could be her or it could be Ezra. And I'm like, nah, the girl at the hardware store. <laughs> Again, the fact that I knew the real story really just like. The thing that, that, that really, like, <clears throat> it's like she hid in the bushes too after she got trapped in it. And it's like. You dumb bitch, he's gonna see the chain. Like, what? <laughs> Don't even try. I wanna know how Homeboy was so close <clears throat> to her in that hardware store, but he still, like, missed her when he shot yeah. her. He hit her, he hit her, he, skin- he skimmed her. Yeah, but you're, like, right yeah, in front of her. Yeah, but if you're point blank yeah. and you're skinning somebody. Yeah, but he's old, so he's probably, like, his eyesight's gone. Like, <laughs> he got her with the shaky hand. He didn't I'm have sorry. his glasses on. Get, hand me a gun, take off my glasses, I'm gonna shoot just as bad as he did. I don't know. You are pretty old. No, I'm just blind. I'm only 25, guys. I bet you if we took your glasses off, you could shoot me point blank. <laughs> like, you guys want to get into ratings? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Steven, what you got? Uh, I 
There are parts that definitely dragged in this movie, uh, especially when you're watching it at 3 in the morning. It's kind of like, oh, okay, can we get through this? But uh, for the most part, like I did enjoy it. Uh, I think the title Deranged was a spot-on pick for the title because that word just stuck in my head the whole time for this movie. Because um, Urza, uh, he, he definitely was fucking deranged. And, yeah, if you're not trying to watch a documentary and be, you know, almost spot on with the whole Ed Gein thing, like, this would be a good film to watch. Uh, I'm a big fan of, like, Alan Ormsby. um, Ormsby, sorry, I'm totally pronouncing, butchering his last name. Uh, Yeah, I'm a fan of him because, like, I love, like, his work with Bob Clark and Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things and uh, Porky's and Porky's 2. So I definitely kind of got that vibe a bit in these weird, like, slapstick parts. They were subtle, but you knew they were there, and that's why I was like, okay, yeah, I could see Alan's influence. But overall, yeah, uh, it definitely had some strong moments. Uh, I think I'm going to give this movie a 7.5. And I vote. it's interesting that you picked these two movies for this episode because they've always been on my radar, and I've yet to watch them. So I'm kind of curious as to why you picked these two together uh, because I first saw a preview for this film on this, uh, thing called Mad Ra- Mad Ron's Previews from Hell, which is, like, a compilation of, like, Grindhouse trailers, so I'm happy I finally got to sit down and watch this. So, yeah, 7.5 for me. It's funny you say that, because, like, um, I, I don't really know why we decided to pick these two. I do. <clears throat> I wanted to do Motel Hell really bad. Mm-hmm. And we were okay. looking for films that would be related or that people would say were, like, similar enough so that we could do, like, a themed episode. And this was, like, the highest... This is the movie that kept popping up when we were looking into movies. And we're, like... I think and I kept was, saying it, was... it. And Dylan was really, really nervous that it had something to do with necrophilia. <laughs> so he's, like, I don't think I want to cover that. And I was, like, no, it's, like, it's like Ed Gein. And he's, like, all right. We so. actually... I, I think the deciding factor was we picked the episode when we were when we did our Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things episode, and I looked okay. into it, and I was like, oh, Alan Ormsby made it. I was like, all right, yeah, we can cover it. But um, w- looking into it, when I was looking into the movie, like, a few days ago... We had ago, brought this movie up for another episode, too, before. Um, when, uh, when I was looking into, like, facts on the movie, this was actually... MGM Studios put out a double feature, like, a uh, DVD. Yeah, it's really funny. With Motel Hell and Deranged. Okay. Like, back in the early 2000s and that kept popping up when I was looking it up and I was like that's pretty funny because like we I literally had no idea there was like any connection between these movies um speaking oh, about Alan Ormsby real quick because there was something that I wanted to talk about that I, I forgot to bring up before uh the lady who like says she talks to her dead husband the picture of her dead husband is Alan Ormsby <laughs> oh yeah that, oh my that god <laughs> The fucking, the bald fucking guy with bald the mustache. Dude. Yeah, mustache and, like, big buck teeth. <laughs> big buck Yeah, she was funny. That's who was in uh, Black Christmas. So when I saw her, I was like, yo, this is definitely a Canadian film. Because I didn't look up, like, any facts to it after I watched it. And I was like, yep, this is a Canadian film. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I saw it and I was like, I think that's him. And then looking into facts, it was like, Alan Ormsby plays the woman's, like, late husband. I was like, yeah. I fucking thought so. <laughs> he plays him. He's in a picture. I recognize that shitty grin <clears throat> from Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things. So. <laughs> I loved him. Orgel. <laughs> Erica. So, I uh, I really I really liked it. I was surprised. I wasn't 
thinking that I was really going to enjoy either of these as much as I did. Um, it was slow, but it didn't really take too much away from me that I was like, uh, what the fuck am I watching? Mm -hmm. Um, so I thought it was interesting. Again, like everybody's kind of touched on, I, I like that it gave you factual information to an extent without being like textbook version of it. So Mm -hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. It was a, it was a good cinematic adaptation of real events, I think. And I think it was done well. Um, I like some of the little quirky things about it. So I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it a 7.4. Dude, this thing is getting some good ratings. Sierra. I really enjoyed it. Um, definitely could have used... I'd like to see it recut with new music because <laughs> I think that the music was the hardest part for me to get through. Um, but I, th- I really loved um, the, the like the makeup in it. Um, I'm going to talk about a specific spot really quick. Um, when his mother's corpse is in the bed and you can see like the different pieces of different stage of decay flesh Mm -hmm. sewn together on her face, uh, that really skewed me out. And I think that that was even more interesting, interesting to me than like, um, how you would normally see them in the movies do like the skin mask because there's been how many movies who have done that you know where this one it was like literally little pieces sewn together and it was like very Frankenstein-esque uh, and I really I really did like that I thought it was a, a cool take on it I was impressed by the, the makeup a lot actually um, and it was it was very disturbing in, in scenes but not never too much um, I think considering the the pacing being a little off, I wish that it was a little bit faster, but I'd, I think I'd still give it a, a 7.3. Should I give it a 7.2 just to go down the scale? I was going to say, yeah, this is just like gradually as everyone... I was actually going to give it a 7.2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm going to give it a 7.2. Um, the, the pacing... It, it bothered me for the beginning, the first like half hour, but... Once it got into like after, I'd say after he killed the the lady who was like talking to her dead husband, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, I think after that part when he starts going to the bar and like stalking the girl Mary, I think that's when it started to really get interesting. But um, it was really cool too to see like a blend of aspects from like Psycho, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the real Ed Gein story, like all blended together into one because you really get an idea of like. What started all of this? Yeah, so I'm gonna give it a 7.2. The average Order Haven rating is a 7.4. You may never again spend a night away from home. After you spend a night with Ida and Vincent. Ida will show you the way. You want us to uh, register? No, that won't be necessary. Terrifying nightmare could never prepare you for what happens to the guest. Vincent, you think in the years to come, people will appreciate us for what we're doing here? I have a surprise for you. Oh, goody, I love surprises. 
one after another they come. One after another they check in. And pray for the day they can check out. All we have to do is give to be happy. You'll never forget, Ida. What are you doing here, girl? And you'll never forget Vincent. as you try you'll never forget their secret garden if you have the nerve come for a night and stay for a nightmare motel hell so next we're going to talk about Motel Hell. It was released in 1980. It was directed by Kevin Connor and written by Robert and Stephen Jaff. The movie follows Vincent, a owner of a motel, and his younger sister, Ida. They are known for their famous meats. Smoked meats. Smoked meats, which happens to have a secret ingredient. Surprise, it's people. So, um... That wasn't a surprise. <laughs> So uh, what they do is they get these people that come into the hotel, they uh, cut their vocal cords out, bury them up to their necks, fatten them up for They make a people garden. Yeah. It's a secret garden. It's the people garden. That noise that those very people made made me gag. (laughs) Yeah, I was just like, that's fucking creepy. (laughs) This movie had a much better soundtrack. Yes, okay, so the first thing that comes up is the uh, the sound. Um, The music is very great. Um, I don't know who made the music for it, but the the piano medley that plays in the beginning, Mm -hmm. it's very very creepy. Um, Sierra made a smart-ass joke in the beginning where the the hotel or the motel lights on. Yeah. And she's like, oh, do you like that use of color, Dylan? Fuck you, Sierra. Wow! (laughs) Um, Shitbag. No, so this movie was originally going to be released by Universal Studios, but they read the script for it and were like, yeah, this sounds stupid. We're not going (laughs) to make this. We ain't doing it. Um, Originally, Toby Hooper was set to direct it, but after Universal dropped the project, Toby Hooper decided not to go through with it. Uh, which is pretty funny because you see a lot of similar themes in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 that came out like seven years later uh, that you do see in this movie. Yeah. But, I mean, you have the, the chainsaw fight at the end. Uh, the fact that they were... Weren't they making chili in Texas Chainsaw Massacre They 2? were doing chili competitions. Yeah. Where in this they were making They had the best meat. chili in Texas. Yeah. So there's a lot of similar things that carry over, what? which I think is interesting. There's no Texas Warland, though. No. There's a creepy basement. Um, I enjoyed this movie a little bit less than Deranged. Uh, The style was really weird. It wasn't really creepy or... It It wasn't, like, funny, but it wasn't creepy, but it wasn't, like... It was odd. Yeah. Just overall, it's an odd movie. Like, it... 
I feel like I was watching a fucked up like romance movie between an old guy and <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, oh. but that I was mean, a hard left when she wanted to just like you know she was into him and shit, and I was like, whoa, I wouldn't see that coming. That's, yeah, Sierra's like that. Took, old, Sierra's like that took an interesting turn. Which Sierra's watched this movie before, so I was like, you you literally knew this was gonna happen. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, that was really weird. Um, the whole. I think the horror elements to it don't really come until the end when Vincent's down in the basement and he's yeah, got the fucking the pig, pig head on and, and he's cutting Which people. I would have loved to see more of, honestly. Yeah, like this, this... I movie, thought that was, like, very effective to have... have I think it's super iconic, to too, because, like, when you, think of the, when you think of this movie, that's what you, you go to immediately is the, 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 pig, the, head. the pig head holding um, uh, a chainsaw and it's honestly not a, a huge part of this film at all. Like, yeah. at all. It's kind of misleading. It yeah. is. Because I feel like a lot of uh, there's, there's two different like Sorry. big posters that you see and one of them is that very like grindhousey looking one with the pig and the chainsaw right on the front and you're mm-hmm. like just seeing that off the bat You'd be like, hell yeah, this is gonna be awesome and then you get into it and you're like, what the fuck? And then there's the other, <laughs> there's the other poster with the uh, Vincent and Ida with the people buried up to their yeah. necks, and you're like, you're getting a cheesy 80s yeah. comedy. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it is very uh, misleading. I, I feel like it, it could have been two separate movies. Mm-hmm. You could have had, like, a creepy movie with this guy who was putting on a pig mask and killing people with a chainsaw, and then you could have had a movie where these people were making smoked meats with people that they were making a, out of a human garden, basically. Can I tell you that every time I saw the people in the um, in the garden, I just thought of that scene in Major Pain where he, he's like watering, he's watering him. <laughs> you know what's funny? That scene with the the, the heads in the garden. Uh, one of Arl Stein's like newer shows called The Haunting Hour. There was a Halloween episode called uh, Attack of the Pumpkin Heads, and there was this pumpkin farmer, and like the kids were going missing, and. Uh, it turns out he was taking the kids and burying them up to their heads. And I don't know, like, somehow, like, replacing their heads with, like, pumpkins or something. So I was like, oh, that is a little secret love letter to this movie. Uh, like, yeah. the way it's shot and everything, like, the bags are over the head. And the main characters in the episode discover, like, oh, shit, these are kids under there. I was like, yeah, definitely see the connection. You get that a lot with, uh, with like, Goosebumps and The Haunting Hour and stuff. You get these kind of, like kids rated mm-hmm. versions of, of uh, like much yeah, larger horror, horror movie. movies yeah, yeah. definitely I, I was actually thinking about that the other day too um i love the harvest scene where they where, where they hypnotize them <laughs> yeah. with the lights oh and my like, gosh he, the first off those lights like they're trippy as shit sierra was like freaking out watching it she's like this is fucking me up so yeah, bad it was, cause, like, <laughs> you ever hear of astral projection yeah <laughs> Like, you see the lights, and then they're, like, falling into it, and she's, like, getting ready for takeoff, yeah. and then she, like, put on your seatbelts, and she, like, Puts throws the, the ropes them. over yeah. your necks. I thought it, I thought it was a little cheesy, because when she takes off, the whole front of the tractor, like, stands up, so you think that they're, like, really condensed into that ground to the point where there really is no hope for them getting out, but then when... Uh, Vincent gets on the tractor to kind of like pull them out they come right out mm-hmm. and it was like could they have really gotten out I mean obviously you later on you see the one guy dig his way out but yeah. it's like 
especially when they wet the ground like that, it makes the sand so much looser. Like, I really feel like a lot of people could have got out of that shit. We're going to bury you up to your neck and see if you can get out. If it wasn't for all the fucking anthills in my yard, I'd let you. <laughs> I, 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 when it. you said that, I just pictured creep show when they bury them on the beach. My yard floods. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it, it was, it was an interesting movie. Um, I, I did think, I did feel a little bit of pacing issues with this too. I mean, you, I got the, I got the idea that they were kidnapping people off the that were coming in, mm-hmm. but then they had to like bring like three, four different groups of people in to like show like yeah we're taking these people and people, burying them. Yeah, it, it was, was like oh well here's some more people that we're taking and burying. It's like all right, I kind of get where you're going. Yo, how about the swinger couple? Holy <laughs> right, that's so weird. When that scene came on, Kyle was like, "What the fuck is this?" She's like breaking everything in the room, like with her whip. I would have been like, "Yo, you're paying for that." Yeah, yeah, I was like, "What the fuck?" I was like, "How do you think that these people are gonna come in and just be totally cool that you just destroyed their motel room, dude?" <laughs> when she's like, you got this my jelly." Smell like laughing gas. Like, cool. Yeah, this doesn't smell like nitrous oxide. Yeah. It's I like, like, what? <laughs> I feel like this storyline was just totally out of whack, and it's totally, like, I, I don't look for realisticness. Realisticness? Realism. I don't look for it to be realistic. There you go. In horror movies, you know, because, like, I, I don't expect something that's gory or scary or, like, it's crazy, horror. funny, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't expect it to be realistic but this 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 movie was just wacky far-fetching like it it was like the the guy dying on the motorcycle with his wife and her just like not questioning anything she's like i'm gonna live with you now (laughs) the husband being buried without there being any investigation or anything like that and she moves there she stays there she falls in love with this geezer he's old as fuck and she's not questioning anything that they're do- doing, and they're drugging her and make- to make her pass out so that they can go and harvest these people while she's asleep. How do you not realize that you're being drugged when you're doing something and then you just don't have any memory? I'm almost like, you know wondering I mean? if um, the original movie was, like, adjusted a little bit. Because Universal shot down the idea for the movie and Toby Hooper left the project. I know that... Uh, I, I remember reading that the original idea for the movie was a lot darker, and there was no comedy elements. I would like to ve- see that. It was just a very, very yeah. dark, violent movie. So I'm almost wondering if Universal shooting it down, if they like went back and changed some of it changed to get it. it approved from a different yeah. company. I, I definitely think that... I, I think would... that the darker turn would have done better for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. because it's like... And, and that's the thing, is like, the go, going back to the, the, the pig-wielding a chainsaw... That's so iconic, and it's not just this movie. It's like, um, like if you go to a haunted house, you're gonna see clowns, and you're gonna see somebody dressed up in a in a pig in a slaughterhouse. Like that's huge. That's hugely iconic in any like haunted attraction that you go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pig masks were brought up in the Saw movies. Like that's an iconic thing. And this movie, that is what I assumed to have started this pig mask iconic thing, was not even scary. 
I almost wonder if they added that in to to have like an iconic killer because you got to think this movie came out right after like Halloween got mm-hmm. big, and um, you had you know Texas Chainsaw Massacre was big. You had this like uprising of masked killers, killers, so and just kind of. I, I almost wonder if they threw that they not really threw that in. Like I, I'm sure that that was already like a. a a planned thing for the movie, but if they marketed it that way, so that... Should get that they attention. Could, yeah. I think yeah. it would have been a cooler movie if you didn't know who the killer was, and every time the killer came about, it was that masked figure, and you had to figure out, was it was it the cop, was it the motel I'm, owner, was it, you know, this guy or that guy, you know? I think that would have been much, much more interesting. I'm going to lop this into my pile of movies that I think is appropriate for a remake. Yes. <laughs> please. I would I yeah, I would see this. I would like Please remake it and make it spookier, please. Not bad. Not worse. Better. Um, oh, let's talk about Wolfman Jack. Is that his name? <laughs> what do we got to talk about Wolfman? I was Jack? amped about this. I saw his name and I was like, "Wait, he's credited as Wolfman Jack. This is not his character name." So I googled Wolfman Jack. He's in like a bunch of things as Wolfman Jack and he plays Wolfman Jack usually. <laughs> So, I don't know who you are, Wolfman Jack. You're a, mis- you're a mystery to me, but I like you. There were some was like a video uh, talk host kind of They guy. said that he played a, like, in a movie, he played that he was a, like, a VJ or, an, or a DJ or something of some sort, is what I yeah. had read. I don't he, know, my grandfather was huge into Wolfman Jack, so, like, that's He was in American how, Graffiti, little, that's what he was. A little bit of knowledge. <laughs> Yeah. Another another like issue that I had with this movie there were certain times that like I it just couldn't hold my attention. Mm-hmm. And I think that did have to do with the pacing, but it made me miss things that like I feel like I should have known. Like for example, the fact that the sheriff was Vincent's brother. His brother, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know that until the very end scene where they're walking. He's oh, like, "I'm glad. I'm glad I left this place when I was a kid." And I was just like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> See, I kind of I felt similar but different. Okay, so it you did... knew somehow they were connected because he was covering up the murders. Yeah, but this is my whole thing with it. I had a hard time staying like into the movie. But when, like, I felt like I left the movie with a completely, like, clear understanding of everything from beginning to end. I don't like feeling that way. Like, when I watch a whole movie and I know for sure, like, I've been distracted and I've missed stuff, yet the whole movie makes sense and I don't feel like anything got, like, left out. That means that there were certain scenes that didn't need to be there. Exactly. That means that there was a lot of stuff in there that was maybe not necessary or just filler footage or whatever. Well, that's like, there was a lot of scenes with with the sister that I felt were unnecessary. Like, Mm -hmm. her trying to drown the girl in the pond. Like, why did she have it out for this girl if her brother was so in love with her? Why did it bother her? jealous of her brother. That's weird. I think she had a thing for the chick. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. But it... She's pretty. It got to the point, too. She had the Hustler magazines. It it might have (laughs) been. It got to a point, too, though, where, uh, like, we were watching the movie, and we were really crunched for time, because we watched it, like, right before recording this, and I was like, yo, I don't know if we're gonna make it at 7.30, and Sierra's like, you're full of shit, we've been watching this movie for, like, two hours, and we, we still had, like, 40 minutes left, and I was like, yeah. It's not actually that long, it just yeah. feels like it's that long. It, it was an hour and 40 minutes, but... Yeah, no, it definitely dragged, and I felt it, and when you watch this at, like, 
odd hours of the night, trust me, you feel it. There definitely was a lot of filter, uh, filter, a lot of filler, and it did have a hard time grabbing my attention at certain points. But uh, shout out to them throwing in uh, the monster that challenged the world when they're in like trying to yeah. what is uh, when he takes the girl to the drive-ins. Yeah, yeah, that's such a classic uh, that my grandfather, my grandfather and I like always loved to watch. So I was like, oh, when they threw that in there, I was like, all right, all right, you got a little points there from me. <laughs> It, it it wasn't bad by any means. Like I'm I'm not. I feel like we've been like down talking it quite a bit. Like it it didn't bother me too much to watch. It was just like it did. It had pacing issues. That was really my biggest complaint. This it had opposite pacing issues to what Deranged had. I felt like it was kind of like rushed at random points. Mm-hmm. Like it, it it very much a pacing issue, but it was like not like a slow beginning and a fast. No, end it's like there'd be like slow parts slow and then and then it was a roller coaster like, with the pacing. Why? Very up or down. Yeah. Um, I, also, too, like deranged. There were pacing issues, but it was all stuff that was like necessary for the story. Yeah, absolutely. This, there was stuff that you definitely could have cut, cut out to make the difference. pacing better. Yeah. Um, I think with this film, I'm just gonna um, say I think um, if you are looking for a truly scary movie, this probably is not the film you're looking for, which bummed me out because I always had it in my mind that this was really scary, and I hadn't watched it since I was young, like real young, um, and I was really excited. To check it out and like have like a badass slasher, and that, it, it really isn't a slasher, honestly. Mm-mm. There's not a lot of blood, almost no blood, actually, if you think about it. There's really not a lot of blood at all, C- and which is crazy considering that they're butchering humans. Um, but it's very, it's very, very tamed. Clean, yeah. It's a very, very tamed. Um, it's not. I, I honestly would, would, would agree with the, the uh, genre of comedy opposed to horror, even though it's not overly funny. It's definitely not horror to me. I agree with that, yeah. But I don't I think, think it's bad. I think it's. I don't think, I think it's bad it's either. A, I think it was a fine movie. It just like. I think we not sound, what I was looking for. I think like I think that we sound like we're being a lot harsher on it than we really intend to. But again, I think it's just because we went into this expecting, expecting horror, and, and it's not exactly what we got. It's not that it's a bad movie. It. it and I honestly like if you want to talk ratings. Yeah, we can I, go into ratings. Do you care if I go? I don't care. Steven, do you or... Nah, I don't care. Okay, so, like, if you you want to go into ratings about it, like, for me, I was going to give this, like, a 5.7. It, it's not low, it's that mid-range, like, if mm-hmm. it's on, watch it. You'll get a couple laughs, you'll get a couple, like, what the fuck is this? But overall, it's it's decent. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. I'm yeah. sure that there are worse things out there. I know that there's better out there. So, um, We know that there's worse out there. <laughs> we know for a fact. We do. Because there's VHS 3, <laughs> Creepshow 3. The number 3 in it, just avoid it. If you get to the third film, just stop. <laughs> Um, it, it was a pacing issue. Um, again, too, I had higher expectations for it because I think all of us were pretty stoked about this week's episode. Yeah. Um, and I felt like Deranged delivered a little bit more than this did. Um, I was expecting the opposite, too. I was, too. I was expecting I was to be expecting... very, very let, go, let down by Deranged and, like, totally amped about Motel Hell. And uh, it definitely surprised me. I got... Like, I feel like I got... 
Rick rolled by the poster. <laughs> huh, I really do. Right? Like, I do. I went in thinking that it was going to be, like, this pig face, like, slasher. I was slasher expecting very similar chainsaw. to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, and, and I was amped for it. So I I just, it's not that it's a bad movie. I just personally feel, like, a little bit let down about it. Yeah. <laughs> I got catfish, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> you said y'all. I say it a lot, actually. <laughs> Steven? Uh, yeah, I mean, again, another movie, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, it was a movie that was on my radar that I haven't seen, but always popped up, because the cover art looks so sick, and unfortunately is so misleading, like that pig head with the chainsaw, it kind of is iconic in a way, and that's, I mean, I didn't, it's okay that it wasn't like a total slasher, but I would have wanted to see, like, the pig head and chainsaw involvement a lot more in this film, not in, like, the last seven minutes. Which I will say, though, like, yes, the chainsaw duel was awesome. But, um, you know, it was kind of like, oh, we're just going to throw that in there at the end for extra points, I feel like. Whereas they could have really done something with, like, whether it be Vincent or not, I personally would have liked to see, like, maybe their dark secret in the basement along with, like, the slaughterhouse down there or something like that. Um, or it would have been a cool turn if it was the sheriff brother, but, I, you know, this movie had a lot of potential. It did have it did have some good things going for it. It just, I don't think it just delivered uh, as well as it could have. Um, because there are elements I definitely like about this film, but there's also the pacing issue which we keep bringing up, which I, it has to be because it seemed like a struggle for all of us. Um, I think, like, overall, I'm going to give this movie probably 5.9. Like you said, it had a lot of potential. I don't dislike it, but it, it was a very misleading movie, and it, it definitely, they could have had something seriously golden with it. Uh, and I wish it would have taken a darker turn. Like, fuck it, you're already... Universal already lost interest. You should have been like, all right, well, you know what? Let's just go for it. You know, sometimes you have to go with your gut instinct. And if the darker tone was your gut instinct, I think it would have been more effective. So a 5.9 for me. Okay. Um, I, I really want to say overall I really enjoyed it, but, but I think the pacing was a little too off for me. Um, which is, it's a huge, it's a huge part of the film. You know, it's a huge part of the film, and, and there was a lot of unnecessary information and comedy, and there, there wasn't anything, and I'm, I'm not somebody who looks for gore or anything like that, but I do look for terror, and there was none. There was none to be found in this whole movie. You could search it with a microscope, and you probably wouldn't find it. <laughs> um, sorry. But there was things that were funny. What? I will interject. Nothing is more terrifying than her making that old man grab her grab her titty. Yeah, that was. I, you're There's right. your terror. You're right. Okay, okay, okay. There's that one scene with the old guy and the, yeah, the young chick. Yeah, um, but he was a gentleman <laughs> and said, "No, we have to get married first. Um, I mean, as a comedy, I think it's a lot more successful than as a horror movie because um, it's quirky and it's a little weird, which is fun. Um, all overall, I'd give it like a five. I'm very like back and forth with this movie because there's so many movies that I could say like I wish it was like this, but at the same time, if it was like another movie, it wouldn't have that unique quality to it. Like there's so many movies like 
for example, the people getting free at the end of the movie. That could have been a big thing. You could have had like a Last House on the Left type movie where they get like revenge on these yeah. people for like putting them under the ground. You could have had a slasher where this pig-faced man was killing people and you didn't know who it was. But it would have made it less unique than it was. Uh, watching it, I think pacing, again, like I said with Deranged, was the biggest issue. Um, there was... It was a very odd movie, like we said. Like, it, the whole, like, love interest between Vincent and uh, the girl, I can't remember her name. Um, just ev- everything in general was just so weird, and ev- literally everything fell out of place. But I think that made it unique at the same time. I would probably rate it, like, a 6.3. I think that's fair. So that gives it an average rating of a 5.7. I think that's a fair rating for this movie. Yeah. I think that that's my catchphrase, guys, because I say that every fucking episode. I think this is fair. I, was just gonna <laughs> I think this is fair. <laughs> you do that, you do that and I notice, I notice too... Uh, I notice it mostly when I'm editing. I don't notice it during the episode. But when you go to, like, give your rating, you're like, so... <laughs> and then there's, like, a long pause. <laughs> I have to collect my fucking thoughts, Dylan. But, um, all right. That's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Horror Podcast. And check out our website at horrorhavenmedia.com. Um rate and subscribe on iTunes if you listen to us on iTunes uh, helps us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong we love you guys <laughs> leave us a review leave us a, a review tell Steven he's cool you don't I have expect- to do. DM Steven, he needs a girl <laughs> um, tune in next week we're going to be talking about haunted house movies throughout the years I'm so excited we're going to be talking about House on Haunted Hill from 1959, The Legend of Hell House from 1973, and The Innkeepers from 2011. Uh, Just one more thing uh, before we get off. Uh, We updated our schedule for releasing episodes. Um, We've kind of just been throwing Artist Spotlight episodes in randomly here and there. Uh, We want to start releasing them Sunday nights and our weekly episodes Thursday nights. I say Friday for the weekly episodes because... It it ensures it that it's on Friday, but I've been uploading them Thursday nights. So um, whether you want to look at it as Monday and Friday or Sunday night and Thursday night, either way, uh, we're going to start releasing them more regularly on Mondays. We have a lot of cool people that we've been talking to, so be sure to check out Past Artist Spotlight episodes. And we have a lot of really cool people that we're going to be talking to in the coming weeks. So keep an eye out for it, and have a good night. Good night. Ciao.